When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business. Greetings of the day, my fellow Building Better Business listeners. I'm delighted to have you join us for another episode. And I am also delighted to have my guest today, Ami Kassar. We'll talk about him in a moment. But let me first tell you about Building Better Businesses. It's a series of podcasts that essentially give you, the audience, some better insights on how to run a business better. Today's uh, focus is going to be a little bit about uh, financing your business, but I'm sure it's going to have some aspects with which we will learn how to make your business better and more eligible for financing. First and foremost, uh, I am your host, Steve Eschbach. I am the owner of Transworld Business Advisors here in Naperville, Illinois. I'm one of about six or seven uh, franchisee owners out here in Chicagoland and one of about 225 worldwide. Transworld Business Advisors is the largest business brokerage in the world, and we're also the fastest growing business brokerage in the world. And I thank you very much for our audience for joining us and Ami Kassar, who is, let's see if I can get this again. Exactly correct. He is the CEO of Multifunding, which is a business loan advisory service and author of The Growth Dilemma. And he has a national reputation as a thought leader in business finance. And uh, I have to say, quite frankly, that uh, business finance is critically important for building a better business. But first of all, Ami, thank you for joining us. Let us know a little bit more about you and your firm today. Thanks so much. So, uh, pleasure to be with you. And what we do at Multifunding is we work with entrepreneurs to help ensure that they get the best possible financing solutions for their growth and their expansion and to help them sleep better at night. Ah, so, that is the more important thing, sleeping better at night. I really appreciate that. How big is your, your group? Uh, uh, we're about a dozen people. And in any given year, we'll do about 100 transactions a year. Oh, my goodness. Any particular size range that kind of is your sweet spot? Well, do any transactions anywhere from $350,000 to $10, 15000000 million. It's all over the place. And then how about industry? Any uh, particular industry that you tend to focus we, on? We, we love entrepreneurs and we're industry agnostic. Oh, those are my favorite words, entrepreneurs <laughs> and industry agnostic. Okay. We'll have more to talk about that in a few minutes. But first, let's go down uh, memory lane here and talk a little bit about your childhood and upbringing. Where, where were you born? How was your childhood? What kind of influence did you have from your parents and other family influences? Well, I feel like I'm on the therapy chair. <laughs> so, 
not to worry, and there won't be an, a bill a bill to follow. So feel free. no problem. I was born in. I'm a son of an immigrant, so I was born in 1969 in Cape Town, South Africa, oh. and we moved to the states in 1977 when I was eight years old. And I think my father, who passed away sadly two years ago, was an ophthalmologist, but he was really. I think uh, he, he loved helping people, but he always wanted to be a business person. Although he really was, he just didn't think of himself that way. But I was fortunate enough to have around our dinner table growing up lots of, the, of entrepreneurs who were starting from nothing as they got to the country and figuring it out. And I certainly think that that had a huge influence on me as I grew up and figured out my path and, and what I wanted to do. I think both my dad, watching him, how he took care of patients and uh, watching how different uh, immigrant entrepreneurs got on their feet and made the path forward. So I got to believe he was his own business owner himself, was he not? 100%. 100%. So is there any corporate background inside of you? Did you have a corporate role? Have you always been an entrepreneur from the get-go? I did do about a decade stint in a corporation, and I'm actually fortunate for that experience. I was a chief innovation officer for the largest issuer of credit cards to small businesses in the United States. And I learned a lot working with a company with a thousand people. And it was like, in some ways, a big family business, but we were public. But I think you learn a lot about different ways of how people operate and function in corporations than you do in entrepreneurial ventures. But when that blew up in the Great Recession, I got fired by the bankruptcy trustees on a Friday, and I started my company multifunding on Saturday. My goodness, nothing like uh, hitting the ground running, right? Absolutely. And uh, you're a lot like many of the entrepreneurs that have been on my show. They have a corporate background, but that seemed to pave the way for uh, the entrepreneurial role that they currently have. And I noticed that your corporate background actually did cater to small entrepreneurs. So what did you learn along the way in your corporate role that uh, kind of assisted you and where you are today? Well, I think a lot, I mean, I learned a lot about the basics of finance and, and I learned a lot about my passion for helping businesses and entrepreneurs. But I also think I learned the real importance of, I mean, it was very different what we did. We did small credit cards for businesses, but I really wanted to start a business, which is what we do, where I wanted to be very clear that People understood exactly the terms of the debt that they were getting into, the pros and cons of it, and they were doing it for all the right reasons. So in a lot of our work here at Multifunding, we are like money therapists. Huh. And we, you know, people need to, when you sign on the bottom line of a debt agreement, you need to understand what it is you're doing and why. And there's almost always more than one way to skin the cat. So you need to understand the pros and cons of different approaches and make sure you're doing things for the right reasons that are, again, going to make you sleep the best possibly at night. So basically what I'm hearing you saying is that if someone says, I'd like to borrow money, you do a little bit more than that. You ask them what it is you're going to use it for and uh, how do you plan on repaying? I, I would imagine that it's just a, a more advisory interaction. Yeah. So you never borrow money without a thesis about how it's going to make you more money than the money is going to cost. Now, the thesis might be wrong and you might make mistakes. You have to understand the downside risk if it doesn't work out for you. But always take a, I always encourage people, I joke about it, but 
if you're, I know you're from Chicago, so this might not be an appropriate joke, but if you're in a hurry and you go to McDonald's for lunch, you could have indigestion for a few hours and then you'll be over it. But if you're in a hurry and you make a bad financing choice, you could have indigestion for a few years or ruin your business. Absolutely. So you have to be very careful and try to get ahead of the curve and not behind the curve. So I, I get a sense that you support entrepreneurs, uh, uh, notably, but what are you looking for in a candidate that comes to you that is looking to borrow money to move forward? What are the key things you're looking for in a business that says, you know what, you've got the business that I think you uh, need the money to expand or you need the money to invest? What are you looking for when you're interviewing your clients? So there's not one size fits all, but maybe the, uh, the, the lowest common denominator, but a very common denominator, first of all, is good books and a good understanding of your finances and your model and how you're making money, and your projections and, and all that. So if someone doesn't have that, it's like, it's really like leading the blind and it's very difficult. And then a good understanding of what you want the money for and what you think it's going to do for you. And can you comfortably afford those monthly payments? Yeah, that seems to be critically essential. So again, I hear you very loud and clear that uh, having good financial books uh, that tick and tide uh, give you an indication on how the business is performing, both in the past and how you expect it to go going forward is critically important. Is there anything you're looking for on an operational side, like marketing or? Again, it really depends. But I always encourage, I mean, it's one exercise that I'd encourage even listeners to go through. And, and I get it. It's not an easy question to answer, but you might even want to think about it for your business. So for our businesses to be growing and expanding and evolving, we all need to constantly be investing in them. And whatever it is. So I always encourage an entrepreneur to as a first step in planning, at least um, take some time and think about what the things are you want to invest in your business in the next 12 months. It could be more marketing. It could be expanding your management team and expanding your infrastructure, more equipment, upgrading your building, whatever it is. What do you plan to invest in the next year? What are you going to spend on those investments? And then where do you think those investments are going to get you? So Let's just say as an example, yeah, I'd like to revamp my websites this year, and that's a $25,000 investment. I'm making that up. Well, when do you expect that to pay for itself and over how long? Or I'd like to increase my sales team. Great. So what does that investment look like? And what? how do you expect to pay for that? And what's your picture and your plan? Where do you want your business to be in three years? And how do you plan to get there? And what tools do you need to be investing in in order to accomplish your goals? These are the kinds of things that I think are critically important and people need to be constantly thinking about and looking ahead. It's very difficult to plan if you don't have a goal. And your balance sheet strategy, which is your finance, thing, it's like you have to be offensive and defensive. You have to prepare for the unexpected and you have to also be able and ready to take advantage of opportunities as they come around the corner. So when you get a client coming to talk to you about financing future expansion or future growth, are you looking for a written plan? And are you looking for a pro forma exhibit to support where they're going? It sounds like the answer to that question is yes, but how critically important is something like that 
for well, it's you. More critical. It's not important for me as much as it's important for them. I just want the client to know, again, I'm not lending them the money. I'm the advisor and the broker and the consultant. So I'm helping them get to the money. Okay. One of the reasons I don't raise a fund to lend my own money is that I don't want there, there to be any impartiality. I want I want to be completely impartial. I want to find them the best source that they can. But I don't want them to borrow money just for the sake of borrowing it. I want them to borrow. If it makes sense for them, I want them to borrow money for a good reason. So what are the steps? Uh, what are the process steps that you have with a client? So you meet a client, they want to get advice on how to fund their growth going forward. What are the two, three, maybe four items that come right out of the box when you meet with someone? Tell me this, tell me that. What are you actually talking to the clients about in terms of helping them going forward? The first interactions are, you know, what's your plan? What are you trying to do? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to invest in and why? And then tell me about your current and your historical financials and your current debt. And then we kind of weave it together. And sometimes it's more art than science. And then we'll say to them, based on what you're describing to me, you are likely a good candidate for such and such a loan product. It could be loan product X, loan product Y, or loan product Z. Our job is to know the markets extremely well and to help them advise where they fit in. And then if that makes sense for them and the numbers make sense and the general cash flow pictures make sense and the monthly payments make sense, then our job is to collect all the documents, take it, package it up, take it out to a lender and help them get the transaction closed. So based on that uh, informational uh, meeting, if you will, you determine which way to go in terms of securing financing. I would imagine that you have uh, certain people you go to for certain types of businesses in order to help them out. Am I right about that? 100%. So we have a, built a, a network of lenders in our network. A lot of the work we end up doing because it makes so much sense is within the SBA, but it's not all of it. And then we help and then we advocate for the client right through the process. We hold the client's hand right to the closing line until the money's in their back. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, how do you market for your clients? How do you get people coming in and talking to Ami and Tier and team about how to go forward? Is that something you are aggressively marketing for, or is it mostly referrals? How is that coming about for you? Uh, a lot of it comes from referrals, and a lot of it comes, I'm an avid public speaker, although I was doing most of that over Zoom in the last year, um, but I'm starting to get out um, and hit the street again and speak to groups and try to educate about debt. We also have an online platform that I'd encourage any listeners, if they're interested, to go check out. It's called sbaignite.com. And you can go there for a lot of on-demand learning about different SBA programs and what they do and how they work and how you can take advantage of them. It's also important, I think, for listeners to know that there are, as part of the CARES Act, some incredible incentives for getting SBA financing that expire at the end of September. So if you're interested in taking advantage of them, the clock is ticking to do so. And a lot of it just comes, we've been at this for 11 years. We have an impeccable reputation for being unscrupulously honest. And did I say that wrong? Scrupulously honest or unscrupulously? I think, Unsc yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> you well, we know. got both. So pick, pick your pick. doesn't matter. Yeah. And uh, that's what we do. And we're completely passionate about what we do. And we love it, which I think makes a huge difference in people's work. Yeah, so we're at the tail end of the pandemic, or what some would consider the tail end of the pandemic. What has changed in the past 12 or 18 months, in your mind, 
given what we don't even know what might become the new paradigm? Are there certain things that require greater focus, greater attention, greater planning for, or is the basic tenets of what you do essentially the same, no matter what? Well, the basic tenets of what we do are essentially the same, no matter what. But I think that every business, including ours, and I think every business right now has to be thinking about the repivot. And what I mean by that is we all learned ways about how we could work and function in the last 15 months that we never imagined possible. And we all adjusted and we did what we had to do to survive. And God bless us for that. Well, now the world is starting to reopen and questions are, are we going to go back to doing things exactly the way we did? Or are we going to take some of what we learned over the last 15 minutes and keep doing it? Yeah. And how are we going to balance that? And how are our customers going to balance that? And how are our customers or our suppliers' habits going to change as a result of that? And that's a lot of, I think, the, I don't think the hard decision making is over. And I think there's a lot of work to do and still thinking all that through. So let me ask you a couple of final questions before we have to come to an end. What was your biggest learning experience between when you started your business to now? Is there some kind of revelation that you came to that kind of changed your way of looking at things? There's so many of them. It's hard to start. And I don't want to sound cliche, but building a business is like a marathon, running a marathon. And there are going to be different milestones as you hit each mile marker. And you're going to feel different levels of energy or exhaustion at different mile markers. And if you don't absolutely love and feel passionate about what you're doing, don't do it. And be ready for the ups and downs. And it's it's like also a, a roller coaster ride. And hold on tight for the ride. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, unfortunately, we're coming to the tail end of our podcast uh, presentation today. Is there something we didn't talk about that you want the audience to know? Is there some topic we didn't cover that you really need for them to understand. Nice to chat. If you want to learn more about SBA lending, I encourage you to visit sbaignite.com, I-G-N-I-T-E.com, where you can either sign up for live courses or on-demand learning. It's all free. There's no charge. And we also encourage you to, if you're interested, visit us at multifunding.com, and you can learn more about what we do if you'd like. Well, that one is going to be my last question. So you answered it before I asked it. So uh -huh. now we know where to go to find out more about you and uh, and more about your business. So uh, thank you so much, Ami, for sharing what you did. Very uh, And the lessons learned are pretty clear. You got to be passionate about what you're doing and make sure you have a good understanding on how that path is to go forward with. So thank you so much, Ami. Thank you, listeners, for joining us for another edition of Building Better Businesses. And of course, we'll see you next time. Thank you thank again. Thank you. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business.